Join Rabbit and Red Radio Network on Patreon for exclusive shows, content, swag, and more. For the low price of $2 per month, you can join the family. So check us out at patreon.com slash Network one That's patreon.com slash Network the number one. Welcome to Grandpa's Playlist, the show where I play music and I hope you like it. Now, on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to... Grandpa's Playlist, a new show I'm doing here on Rabbit and Red. And uh, let me first let me introduce myself for the people who don't know who I am. Um, my name is Paul, but over on uh, good old YouTube, I go by Grandpa the Nerd. Um, I have some other shows on here on Rabbit and the Red uh, with uh, Aaron Poe. We do uh, film junkies. I do Crossing the Streams with Cripple Cody. And I do a show with Rob, Father Mahoney. Uh, we do called Living in the Past. And then I also have a music show on B-Movie TV on Saturdays. And that's what got me wanting to do this, this show. Um, as you know, it's hard to put, you, but hard. If you put music on YouTube, it's going to get claimed by somebody or copyright striked by some. It, it, it's one of those things where you just don't, it ain't worth the hassle. So I have a show on B-Movie TV, and I just do the typical 30-second clip just to keep everybody out of trouble, just to give a sample, and I talk about the uh, talk about an album. And I thought, you know, I wish I could do this without 30 seconds, where I could actually play the whole album and let you enjoy it. Because, you know, it's got a, you know, it's like a tease. It's like a strip tease, you know. I'm giving you a 30-second clip, and here comes one of those tracks that you're like a big fan of. Oh, man, I love that song. Oh, big, oh, I want to hear the whole thing. And you can't, because... 30 seconds is 30 seconds. I can't make it any longer. I can only make it shorter. So I thought about it, and I brought it up to Michael J. And, well, what did he say? He said, yeah, he, he's got a music license. I can do whatever I want. So I decided, hey, let us do. Let me do a show like music, the Music Moment on B-Movie TV, but in longer form, where I can I have unlimited time. On B-Movie TV, it's just filler. So I'm, I'm between movies, so you want to keep it short. But this I can do a little longer. I mean, I could do one of those two-hour albums if I wanted to. Do a box set, like uh, Timepieces or whatever the album thing is for uh, the uh, Nice and White Satin guy. See, I'm getting old, so uh, Moody Blues. My mind slips sometimes, but I eventually catch it. Um, the Moody Blues, they have a five-CD collector uh, 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 greatest hits-like thing called Timepieces Collection or something. That I don't remember. And that I will not be able to until I look it up. But I could do something like that on here. That's like probably like a 20-hour 20 uh, hour thing. Now, I'm not going to do that. If I was going to do something like that, I'd do it in parts. I'm not going to do 20 hours with Michael J. Pobulate. No. Just go away. No. So... I just wanted to do something that's a little bit longer, 
um, play more of the album for you so you can enjoy it. And I do this for people who like music and love music. I love music more than anything. Um, I could sit and listen to music all day long and not bat an eye at the remote to do anything on the TV. Give me Gran Turismo or Forza or something that doesn't require me paying attention to you know, people talking on there. Uh, video game, uh, Madden, anything like that, and I can listen to music. I could play all day till my blood sugar drops to the floor and I pass out. So, yeah, it's, uh, I love music. So this is the kind of thing that I've always wanted to do. It's like a dream, you know. I was never going to be on a radio or anything, so this right here, Michael J's really uh, come through for me here. And it's, uh, you know, t- uh, quite a few of my dreams have come true. I'm on B-Movie TV. Poe has me hosting his sci-fi sideshow. I just feel, you know, grateful to all the people who helped me get to where I'm at now. And, well, here I am recording my own show. So, like I said, I'm going to pick an album. Um, Could be from the fifth, not fifth, well, you know, maybe. It could be from any decade. 99 is my cutoff. I, from time to time, excuse me, I might jump forward, you know, recently, you know, maybe something. But I'm not... I'm not into the music of, of much of the music of today. Do I do I hate it? Well, no. Do I still do I listen to it? Well, yeah, I do listen to it sometimes. But I mainly like my other podcasts, Living in the Past. I tend to just listen to the stuff from back in my day. But there is some music I like. I like Ghost. Yeah, go ahead, boo. But I like Ghost. So maybe I'll do some specials or something and do something newer. But I'm mainly going to stick with nine. You know, from '99 backwards. You know, do some puddle of mud. You know that crazy guy. And you know, do go backwards. And 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 there's plenty of music. And I just like I said, I love music. And this show is just gonna be, you know, I think it's gonna be fun. I hope I hope people like it. I hope, uh, you know, it's something that you'll enjoy listening to. And maybe you'll say, hey, what's that album he's doing? So maybe I'll introduce you to something you've never heard before, or pull something out that's rare that you're like, you know, I kind of recall this, but. I don't quite can't put my finger on it, but yeah, I do recall this album. Um, I'm going to listen to this show and see if this is what the same one I'm thinking of. Or you'll be like, "Oh man, that's my favorite album." Yeah, let, let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, it's just it's it's me playing songs. I'm going to talk about facts that I dig up on the interwebs and you know um, information, and then you know my, my per- obviously my personal thoughts on stuff and some of the little history of how this music the music is with me and how it you know, affected me or didn't affect me or, you know, it's a story. I'm an old dude. I'm 50 years old. A couple of months, I'll be 51. What, what? My body's 50, but my brain is 65. So what do old people do? They talk. They ramble and ramble and ramble. So this is perfect for me because you can stop it anytime. You can listen to it in parts, just however you decide to do it. So with that being said and getting that out of the way, what is today's episode? Well, today, I decided to go with meatloaf. Now, from time to time, you might hear some paper rumbling in the background. That's going to be messing with my cheat sheets. Um, I planned ahead for this, so I don't look too unprofessional, even though I'm totally unprofessional. And so I have a cheat sheet. So, you know, from time to time, you might hear paper rumbling or something. Don't freak out. It's just an old man with his, you know, his little cheat sheet notes. So, yes, I decided to go with meatloaf. Um, He, uh... He did an album called Bad Out of Hell, and I'm doing Bad Out of Hell this week. Um, I'm not going to give you any personal things yet. I'll wait till we delve into the album, but I'm going to give you some facts. Some facts that I jotted down off the interweb, got it from multiple sources. Um, it was released in October 
on the 11th of 1977. And it was the debut album for Meatloaf and Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman did all the writing and the piano and all that stuff. And then obviously Meatloaf did the singing. Now Meatloaf did have something in 1971. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head because I didn't put it in my notes. Um, at least I don't think I did um, as I'm going through here. Yeah, I don't. So um, he did a, another album with a, with a woman. Uh, her name was first. It said her name and Meatloaf. And it was like a gospel type R&B thing. So he did have an album before this, but this is the f- debut album for him and Jim Steinman, and would be Meatloaf's second album. So it was produced by uh, the famous Todd Rundgren, who I probably might do one of his albums, but a lot of you might remember him from the song that he had. Um, can't remember the name of the song, um, but it came on the premiere episode of that 70s show, and it played again on the final episode of that 70s show when they all went to the Todd Rundgren concert. That's the Todd Rundgren. So he produced this album. Um, it was developed from a musical called Neverland, which was a futuristic Peter Pan that Steinman wrote in a workshop in 1974. I think someone wrote a futuristic cyber-like Peter Pan book, and then he was writing it into a musical. So he uh, worked, you know, in 1974. And this is one of the best-selling albums in history. One of the best. But if you go to the our friends down under... In Australia, this is the best-selling album of all time in Australia. So it's really high up there here in the states, but going down in Australia, this is the best. This is the best-selling album of all time in Australia. So it's a good album, and we'll get to why I emphasize it's a good album here in a minute. Um, it's sold over forty-three million records, so it's certified fourteen times platinum. I mean, that's great. That's like that's a lot of platinum. Yeah, very. That's a way lot of way. That's a Big bucket of platinum. Um, Rolling Stone wrote a... I don't know if it was a book or an article, but they did a... they did a, Or a special ep- issue of their magazine. I'm not sure which. But it's uh, Rolling Stone's uh, f- uh, 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. It's listed at 343. Now, I don't agree with that. I think this should be in at least the top 100. Is it, a, you know, is it the, be- the one of the 50th best albums in the world? Well, no. As much as I love this album, I can tell you it's not that popular. It's not that great of an album, but it belongs at least in the top 100. 343 out of 500 seems kind of, I don't know. It's just my personal belief, but I think it should be a little bit, you know, lower on that list, you know. Even if it was at least, you know, 150 out of 500, I'd be a little more pleased, but 343 seems a little harsh. I know Kerrang has it high on a list of theirs that they did of best metal albums, but I'm sorry. Now I don't know if anybody out there is going to disagree with me, and you're way all, all you're you're more than welcome to always disagree with me, because I'm very disagreeable. But I don't think I don't consider this heavy metal. Um, it was '77. It it was harder. It had hard. It was "Bad Out of Hell." The song itself, <clears throat> excuse me, is very heavy, but it's not heavy metal. And some of the rest of the songs on the album aren't heavy. They're just, I just consider this a hard rock album. So with, you know, all due respect to Kerrang! And, you know, I I read that magazine as a kid like crazy. But, uh, no, this is not a, this is not a a metal album. It's just a, it's a hard rock. And if you want to say very hard rock, maybe a few songs. But it's just hard rock to me. But, but I could be wrong. You know, people could, you know. But, and as of June uh, 2019... So this was just a couple years ago. 
it was uh, it would had been on the UK album charts for 522 weeks. That's amazing. 522 weeks. That's that's crazy. That's a long time. I don't have a calculator and I don't have a smart mind for math, so I cannot tell you how many years 52 522 weeks is, but 77 to 2019, it's a long time. Um in 2001, Q magazine uh numbered it uh the album cover for it now, which I'll get to that one too. Um, it's the 71st best cover of all time, and I can sit, I can sit okay with that one. It should be in the 50s or lower, but I'll go with 71st. It's a way better placing than Rolling Stones did, so, yeah. Now, when they were shopping this album around, a lot of record companies denied them, turned them down. Nope, nope, nope. Which is hard to believe, but yeah, they were turned down by a lot of them. I heard one, I read somewhere, don't remember where, I didn't jot it down. Um, it just popped into my head. Um, they were thinking about creating record companies, their own labels, so they could turn it down. It was turned down so much. And then here's the kind of thing that I I find humorous. Clive Davis, he's a great producer. Well, that's what his claim to fame is, of being this great legendary producer. I saw him a couple seasons on American Idol. Yes, yes, I watched American Idol. Don't know why. I regret it now, but I did watch it for a while there in the early years. And he was on there because his record label was given a contract and this, that, and the other. Um, he said uh, he was he was douchey. Um, he asked Meatloaf, and, or I don't know if it was Meatloaf or Jen Steinman, but he asked them, have, have you guys ever heard a, a, a rock and roll album before? He said, hey, why don't you, on your way out of here, when you get downstairs and you go out the building, why don't you go to a record store and buy a record so you know how rock and roll works? I was like, damn, that's that was a jerk move. And then seeing all the stats of this album and how good it turned out, I'm starting to think that Clive Davis isn't as good as a producer as people want to think he is. You know, if I laid my cards on the table and I had a band, which I don't, but if I did have a band, you know, I would go with someone like Rick Rubin before I think of Clive Davis. I don't care how legendary you are. You don't have to put people down like that. You don't like their music, say no, you know, no thank you. You don't got to insult them so bad. So that just, Clive Davis just seems like a jerk. But, you know, who am I to judge? I just, that's the way I see. But eventually, um, he got to Cleveland International, picked him up. Uh, uh, one of the guys from the E Street Band. Um, Bruce Springsteen, Easy Brand, uh, got him. Uh, I think it was little Stevie. Got him. Uh, introduced them to Cleveland International, and Cleveland International said, "Yeah, we'll take it." And well, October 11, 1977, it was released. Um, now, the parent company of Cleveland International was Epic Epic Records, and everybody at Epic Records hated it. They hated it. But over here, it didn't get promoted. Uh, I don't think it got promoted. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that kind of stuff in '77. It was alive, but I wasn't aware. But from what I was reading, they say it wasn't really uh, promoted heavy in the United States. Um, that the UK and Australia promoted it heavy, and I guess that's why it's done so well over there. That's done good here, but it probably it came later. Its success in the states came a little later, but in Australia and the UK, it was picked up right away. You know, because they heavily promoted it and it worked out. So, I mean, at least they were, at least somebody loved their music right from the get-go. And from what I was reading, it sells about 200,000 copies a year. Now, I don't know if the information that I got is, you know, a little older, but, you know, 
they say that it's you know sells about two hundred thousand records a year. I think it's probably not true anymore with digital now, but at one point it probably was. So with all that information that I just gave you, I'm going to set you off now to listen to the first track. So the first track on this album is the title track, which is "Bad Out of Hell," and then after it plays, it's a long song, so sit tight. But when it's done, um. When it's over, I'll get right back on to giving you some information about the song and other tidbits of trivia, whether it be cool trivia or totally useless trivia. But uh, yeah, that'll be after the track. So uh, here we go. Uh, Meatloaf's title track, the title track album from Bad Out of Hell. Here it is, Bad Out of Hell. Like a bad hell, I'll be gone. 
guys well that was bad out of hell the opening track for bad out of hell and a little bit of tidbit of information now before i get into what i used to think this song was about i'll tell you what jim steinman said jim steinman said this was song was the ultimate motorcycle crash it was about a young guy trying to take the love of his life out of a deadbeat town you know run away let's 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 you know start a new life together and let's get out of this hell hole and on the way to get her excuse me, he got into a motorcycle crash and died. Now, I looked at, I heard my wife, she helps me uh, get my shows together, all of them. Anything I do on my own, she helps me. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not what I thought it was about. So I looked up the lyrics, read the lyrics, which I've been hearing the lyrics all my life, but looking at them and then hearing what he said, ah, yeah, now I see it. It is about a motorcycle wreck. I didn't think it was about a motorcycle wreck. I thought it was about war. Because I have this vision, this memory. And I know your your mind plays tricks on you and the whole Mandela effect and stuff. But I have this vision of uh, Apache helicopters and tanks and missiles being shot while this song's in the background. And that, with the album cover of the motorcycle, the mausoleum, the desolate land, the hell on earth with the bat. I thought, you know, the song is about this giant bat coming out of the ground. You know, kaiju coming out of the ground and uh, just destroying the entire planet. So, Bad Out of Hell. I thought it was a war song. Needless to say, now I find out, you know, at a 50, at 50 years old, it's about a motorcycle accident. A motorcycle crash. But, that just goes to show you, music means something to everybody. It mu- whatever Music means different things to, to different people. You know, maybe some people did see this as a motorcycle crash because they paid attention to the lyrics, unlike me. 
hey, I'm not the smartest uh, guy, I'm not the sharpest crayon, I'm not the sharpest knife, but I'm not dull. It just, you know, I've enjoyed this song for so long, I just slipped my, you know, I just didn't pay attention. I let whatever my eyes saw dictate it. Because I'm sure plenty of you have gone and you got a favorite scene in a movie and it's got a song you really like, and no matter how many times you hear that song, it always takes you back to the, uh, to the, to the uh, movie. Like for me, like that, that song Flagpole Sitter. Um, that song always, t- I'm always think of American Pie when I hear that song. I don't know if the movie, the song is in there, but that gives you the idea of, you know, the song associated to a movie. Um, this song associated with me to war. And then come to find out it's not. So, that's not so bad. But it's a very good song. Um, now before I get to the rest of the album, I do want to say this was the first song on the album I liked. I had heard it one time and I was, you know, I heard it before the, 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 the I heard it before I saw that video that I'm that with the war. But and I liked it when I heard it, but I didn't listen to it a lot. But I had heard it a couple times and I liked it. But then later on, which you know, around middle school, sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, you know. It was definitely in middle school, but before high school. Um, when I saw this war thing, that's when the song really, you know, oh, I started listening to it a lot. But the rest of the album, it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I thought it was girly, you know, with like, heaven can wait, and, you know, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I thought it was girly. I wasn't a big fan. But I did take my dad's cassette of Bad Out of Hell and dubbed it just the song for my mixtape. Because back then, I listened to mainly uh, whatever was around. When I was with my stepmother or her family, it was always country music. When I was with my mom, it was always, you know, what's on the radio. My dad was more of the Who, the Rolling Stones, so I did know their music. But I wasn't, you know, bad out of hell, I didn't hear it on the radio. The radio stations in there in Atlanta didn't really play the song, you know. So I didn't hear a lot of it. But by the time I got to, you know, 8th grade, getting ready to go to high school, I started liking them. And believe it or not, what really got me liking Meatloaf, other than that one song, was watching Tales from the Dark Side or Twilight Zone or The Outer Limits or whatever was on syndication late at night. Like, you'd sit, you know, at like 8 o'clock at night on a Saturday, I'd go to bed, you know, because you didn't have a car or nothing yet. So you'd go to bed early or you'd go in your room, you watch TV and do whatever teenage boy does. And you'd listen to, you know, you'd watch TV. And I'd watch all those, oh, I liked all those old classic sci-fi horror type shows, you know, like Outer Limits. And back then, Tales from the Dark Side wasn't old. You know, it wasn't old, but now it's old. And then there was another show called Monsters that was pretty good. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the subject. I would fall asleep watching those things. You know, because at 8 o'clock, you'd start, you know, 9 o'clock, I'd say, you'd start watching and Mr. Ed would be on or, you know, or the Donna Reed show, something. Before before Nick, Nick at night. Anyway, I would fall asleep, right? And then you'd wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and you'd hear, Time Life Presents Hits from the 70s or Time Life Presents Back to the Beach. It was always Time Life Presents something. So I would sit there and I would hear these songs and they would get... There's a lot of songs I like, like the Carpenters and the Beach Boys that I owe to Time Life because you'd be asleep and you'd be half in, half out, and you'd hear all these songs and they grow on you, you know, weekend after weekend, hearing the same songs, the same infomercials. 
So they, they, they start to get into your psyche and you're like, oh, I really like that song now and I don't know why. Well, it's because you've been listening to it for six months every weekend. So I do believe for Meatloaf it was uh, two out of three, Ain't Bad, might have been the song in one of those Time Life collections. So it made me go back downstairs and I remember one night, it was a Sunday, one day, Sunday morning, I got up, you know, I can't take it no more. I'm going to go down there and grab that meatloaf cassette see if this song's on there. Because the Time Life didn't show you what album it was from. And it was always him in that suede suit with the handkerchief and the sweat when you'd see him in the infomercial singing it. Um, but I, would, I was like, you know what? You know, I woke up, my, you know, it says meatloaf clear as bell. So I went downstairs and I grabbed it. I'm like, oh, it is on the Bat Out of Hell. Oh, yeah, now I remember this song. So I started listening to meatloaf more and then... You know, now as a 51 year old man, I think this is one of the best albums out there. It deserves all its accolades, and I just love it. I think it's a great album, and and I'm hoping by the end of the of this episode, you'll like it too, if you don't already. Um, so with that, we're gonna go to track two, and that is "You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth." And when it's done, well, we'll do some more. Ta- I'll do some more talking. So enjoy. You took the words right out of my mouth. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again, will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. Then does he love me? Yes. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. Yeah. 
Well, that was track two. You took the words... Getting a little ahead of myself. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like my thoughts. My thoughts were going so quick, it took the words right out of my mouth. Now, this was the first single off the album. So when the album came out, this was the first song here in the United States. Um, I'm not sure about the rest of the world, but I know, you know, because like Bad Out of Hell was only in the UK. This one was done in the United States. It was the first single... So when the album came out in October of 77, this was the first single, 45, you know, back in the day. This was the first single off the album. Now, I couldn't find any information about it. It probably just didn't go deep enough. But uh, my my impressions of the song is it's about a guy's first kiss. You know, that he, he liked this woman, a girl. Woman, girl, who knows. Um, female. We'll say female. He really likes her. And uh, he... Uh, Really wanted to say some things to her, you know, probably tell her he liked her, he loved her, whatever he was going to say, and they kissed. And he was flabbergasted, he was floored, he's like, uh, he couldn't say nothing. You've seen it in TV shows where the boy gets kissed and he's like, uh, you know, acting like butthead, uh, you know. So that's never happened for me, unfortunately. Um, it, there's other things girls have done for me that have made left me speechless, but kissing was not one of them. We'll leave it at that. Let your imagination figure out what that one is. But uh, I'm not a big... I don't really... I could I could take kissing or leaving it. So the song doesn't relate to me at all. But that's what I think the song's about. I could be totally wrong. You know, maybe you guys see something else in the song that I don't see. But I just see it as, you know, a guy getting his first kiss and just being flabbergasted. Like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever, but he can't talk. He's speechless. So... That's what I think the song's about. Maybe it's lazy on my part because the name of the song is You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth. But uh, I've been known to be lazy a time or two. I'm a guy. Of course I'm lazy. You know, I cut the grass with no problem. You know, there's certain things I'll do with no question. Let's wash the car. Come on, let's go. Let's go. But when it comes to other things, nah, I'm lazy. You know, nah, I don't want to do it now. So maybe I'm taking the easy route. But that's what I think the song's about. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to move on to the next track, which is track three, Heaven Can Wait. So you guys check this out, and uh, we'll be back. I'll be back. Hopefully you'll still be here, but I'll be back. So yeah, check it out. Track three, Heaven Can Wait. Wrapped 
So that was track three, Heaven Can Wait. Now, I really like that song. Um, he's Like I said, he's got a wonderful voice. That song just, you know, sometimes I can get goosebumps off of it. Sometimes not. Depends on my mood. But I do love that song. Um, he's just, I think, of all the tracks on here, this is one of the ones that he that's his best vocal performance. I mean, he's good in all of them, but I think this one is the best vocal performance of all those songs. Um, like I said, this guy, he's got a strong voice. You can't deny that. It's, it's just an awesome voice. So, yeah, that, that's Heaven Can Wait. Um, it's another one that I couldn't find too much information, but as I read, you know, read through the lyrics, because after a bat out of hell, I read the rest of these lyrics, um, and thought about it, and I think it's a guy dying. And he's, you know, he's thinking about a girl and other things in his life, and he's not ready. So heaven can wait. He doesn't want to go. So kind of makes me think this is the guy's thoughts, you know, because this is based on a, this is based on Peter Pan. So it's, you know, well, that's what, you know, the roots of it were from, you know, that future. So to me, it feels like heaven can wait is, you know, like a sequel to, or what's going on in Bad Out of Hell. Like Bad Out of Hell is talking about the accident and him laying there and everything, and then Heaven can wait is what he's thinking while he's laying on the ground dying. So it's like, you know, Bat Out of Hell is part one, and then uh, Heaven can wait is part two. That, that That's that's how, you know, I, I imagine it, um, which is, like I said earlier, you know, some people write music, you know, it's like, you know, open to interpretation. Just like, you know, everybody wants to know, if, you know, did Tony Soprano get killed? Did they kill his whole family? We'll never know because the screen went blank. And that's kind of how it is, you know, you, you you know, do the thinking for yourself. I wrote this song, you think about it. So that's what it is for me. Heaven Can Wait is about a guy dying, he's not ready to go. But I think it's the guy on the motorcycle from Bad Out of Hell. That's just the way, you know, I see it. Now, before I go any further, I want to apologize now. I'm new at this. Um, I'm in my basement. Um, I don't have it soundproofed, so I'm sure you can hear some banging every once in a while and hear my chair and you might hear a hum in the background because right outside my basement door is, you know, the AC and heat, you know, the the central heat and air right, right out there and the air conditioner kicks on right out my basement window here, you know, the little window that you can see out the outside that the, the actual compressors outside. So it can get loud in here. So I want to apologize now. Um, for any of that, I know it seems so unprofessional, but to be honest with you, over time, hopefully I'll have some money and I can put some soundproofing somewhere around. I don't know how much soundproofing tiles are, and I'd have to, you know, cut them in a way where I can get some of my cabinets and closets because it is a room down here. And one of these days, I will, you know, put a little bit of, you know, uh, I put a little bit of soundproofing. Somebody could direct me, um, to, uh, if, if if some people could direct me to uh, you know some tidbits on the internet or anything that can you know teach me the best way to do it or anything I can put around my microphone to help, I'd be more than welcome to take that. You know, take any kind of advice anybody could give me. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't really. So I apologize for any noises you might hear, and hopefully as time goes on, I'll only get better, and hopefully it won't turn you guys off and not want you to listen to me. Because we all got to start somewhere, and this is me starting. You know, this is my own show. I don't have, you know, Michael J. does all the producing on the other stuff, or Poe. And this is me doing my own thing, and 
like I said, I do the, the, the I do the sci-fi sideshow, but I send it to Poe to be produced. I do produce the music moment myself with the help of my wife. But this is the one, you know, but I'm still basically doing it myself. She just films for me. So I know I'm very, uh, it seems very unprofessional and I apologize. But, you know, I don't have a lot of cool equipment or anything. It's just a laptop, a microphone, and, you know, some software. So hopefully over time I get some soundproofing and I'll get better. And hopefully you guys will stick out with me. So, but yeah, that was, you know, that was just, I just wanted to, you know, lay that out for you guys. So, you know, you give me a couple more shows before you decide, this guy sucks. Yeah, let's lynch him, man. So... I kind of, you know, just wanted to say that. So, you know, please bear with me for a little while. I will definitely figure something out. So, yes, that was track three. Now, I'm going with the next track. Well, I'm not going with I'm just going in the order that they came out. The next track is called All Revved Up. It's track four. And uh, when that one's done, hey, I keep repeating myself here, but when it's done, we'll come back and we'll do our thing here. So yeah, this is track four, all revved up.
All right. That was track four, All Revved Up. Very good song. All these songs are good. I keep saying that, but, you know, these are very good songs. Um, this one, to me, it was another one I couldn't find any information on. But I always thought it was about a guy, you know, this is what I always thought it was. I always thought it was about a guy who, you know, had a motorcycle but had nowhere to go. Which is what he says in the song. So I just like, you know, keep it simple. It, so I just thought it was about a guy who, you know, maybe he was trapped in his town, couldn't go anywhere. You know, I, I just, I, that's what I thought it was. Until I really, really read the lyrics and really tried to put some of these songs and think of the songs when I did it. And now I finally figured, I think I figured it out. Now, I could be wrong because, you know, I usually am. But I think All Revved Up is a metaphor for him having a hard on. Yes. All Revved Up with no place to go. You know, I think it's about, you know, he wants to, uh, he's getting horny and wants to take that girl's virginity. You know, he wants to draw first blood because, you know, everybody, you know, you break that hymen and boom, you got some blood on your hands. Not literally, but figuratively speaking, you know, you got blood on your hands. You know, like, his blood is on your hands. Well, so that's what I think it is. I think all revved up with no place to go is he's he's horny. And he's not just any horny. He's horny as hell. He's like, I took five Viagras horny. And so he's all revved up, which is the metaphor for being horny and no place to go. There's no one, you know, his girlfriend won't do it with him for whatever reason. Who knows? But that's what I think the song is about now. Like I said, I can be wrong, but to me, that's what this song means. So, but it's a, it's an excellent song. I mean, it's just an excellent song. But there's not much left for me to say about that song. You know, it's just a horny kid. So, and that one though, it was the fourth single. Now you know you're like, well, you told us what the first one was and the fifth one, but where's two and three? You're already on four, because they don't. You know, back in the day, they didn't come out in singles in order. So, this was the fourth single that was released a year later, but only in the UK. Another sense, another, another, you know, another, just only in the UK in October of 78. So, the album had been out for a year, and All Revved Up was released in the UK. So, I don't know if it was played here. Like I said, I had never heard it except for on the album. I've never heard it on any radio station other than on the album. Uh, even listening to song, m- music on satellite radio on Sirius, I still have never heard it. The only time I've ever I've can remember hearing "All Revved Up" was when I listened to the album. So yeah, that was the fourth single in October '78, UK only. So like I said, in the UK and Australia, this album was like you know the Bible. I mean, they loved it. We did too, but they really loved it. So you know, we really loved the Beatles, but they really loved Meatloaf. So we got the bug and they got the meal. So we're going to move on now to track five. And track five is two out of three ain't bad. I do believe ain't bad is part of it, but I just have a little little scribbage sheet here. But two out of three ain't bad. Um, uh, it's just track five. So sit back, enjoy, and uh, yeah, two out of three ain't bad.
All right, that was track five. Two out of three. Ain't bad. Um, just for some, you know, going with the trivia. Um, this was actually the second single. Now, this got released here. Now, I know the ones that are in the UK only. I'm pretty sure the, the other ones that came out here came out there too. But this was the second single off the album in February of 78. So shortly after it came out, this was the second single off the album. And this one, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad is a good song, but it is not one of my favorites. Um, it might be, for me personally, one of the weakest ones on there. I'm not a big fan of it. I can hit that skip button, you know, if I'm not too lazy. You know, if I got a remote in my hand, I'll definitely skip it. If I got to get up and walk across the room, I'll probably listen to it. Because we've already established I'm a dude, so I'm lazy. Unless it's grilling or cleaning the car or something, I I just will like, eh, let it play. I'm too tired to get up. Just let it play. So, but two out of three is not one of my favorites. Now, I never thought about the song and what it meant. Because I didn't really care. Because I didn't really. I mean, it has nothing to do with meatloaf or anything. Just it, it's just the, the way it's written. I, eh, I could, I could, you know. Every everybody has that thing, you know. Everybody has it. For me, you know, Danzig, Black Acid Devil. Huh, you can keep it. I have it, but you can keep it. Do I listen to it? <laughs> Very rarely. Do I have Saint Anger by Metallica? Yes, yes, I do. Do I listen to it? I not if I can help it. So there's always going to be stuff that you're. Just because a band that you like does something crappy doesn't make them no longer... A lot of people, you know, Metallica did... At first, Metallica did some anger and people came pouring out. Ugh, I'm tired of Metallica. I'm done with Metallica. To hell with Metallica. Yeah, fuck some Metallica. So, I don't... I don't do that. You know, you're not going to always make stuff that I'm going to like. And this is one of those kind of times where, yeah, I don't like this song. I don't like it at all. But... It has nothing to do with Jim Steinman's writing. It's just this song just doesn't work for me. But I think it's about a, I think I mean, personally by reading the lyrics because I was you know doing this episode, doing the show, prepping for it, and reading the lyrics. To me, I think it's about a guy and a girl who just no matter what they do, their relationship ain't gonna work. And you know, I think they got together, didn't work. They split up. They got back together, it split up, didn't work. They got you know they're trying a third time and. It's still not going to work. So let's see, you know, two out of three tries, it's time to give it up. That That's what I think it is. Just a relationship that no matter what they do, it ain't going to work. That That's what it means to me. But like I said, I don't put a lot of thought into it. I just came up with that, you know, the other day prepping for this episode because I'm not a big fan of the song. So, you know, to me, this would have been, they could have left this off. Of, they could have left this one off the album and I would have been perfectly fine with it. But yeah. Let, you know, that's how, it, you can't like everything. Even your favorite bands, you can't like everything. Your favorite directors, you can't like everything. Your favorite authors, oh, this book stinks. What's wrong with him? If they, if they did everything right and you liked everything, it would be perfect. And nobody's perfect. So people who say, oh, I've never hated anything that they've done, this band or this writer or this book or this actor, I will have doubt. I will push X for doubt because I do believe you can't like everything. You just can't. You, you just. But then again, that's just my opinion. So take it and you could take it or leave it. That's just my thoughts. So now we're going to track six. Now track six is called Paradise by Dashboard Light. Now I'm sure a lot of you know this song and know it very well. 
So with that being said, let's get into it. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Head first. 
Let me sleep on it. 
Well, that was Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which is track six. That was the third single off the album. Um, from That was released in August of 78. So almost a year, the album was almost a year old when this one got released. It's a lot better than two years later for Bad Out of Hell in the UK. But this was the third single. He, he, this was the third, the third single, in, and it was released August of 1978. Now, this song, I believe, is self-explanatory. Whether, you, you know, just, just, you don't even have to read the lyrics to know what's going on here. Obviously, obviously, you know, this is a guy and his girl that want to do a little bang-bang, you know, Back seat action. Front seat, I guess, because back in the day, bench seat, so front seat action. And the dashboard lights, paradise. So he was ready to get laid. He was all like, yeah, we're gonna finally going to get laid. Now I'm all revved up and I got some place to go. And then she starts in with her crap. You're going to love me? You're going to love me? You're going to love me? So, now I, I've heard tell a tale from people I knew back in high school that had girls that did that. I, I fortunately never came across any females in my life that drew that line. You know, we let's have sex. Oh, I don't know. You know, you going to stay with me? You going to, I've never had, I've been lucky enough and never had anybody do that to me. So, but I'm sure, I know guys have been, you know, I know guys, some girls did say that. And some, a smart guy would be like, nope, I'm taking you home. But, you know, there were some guys out there who were suckers, but never, Never, you know, this song he gives in and actually does, from the sound of it, he does he does stay with her and marry her. And then, you know, he's waiting for the end of time to arrive because, well, he screwed up. So this is obviously, you know, that's what it's about. And then you got the little part. Now, here's a little bit of trivia about this song. A famous baseball player and play-by-play guy, Phil Rizzuto, was, or Risotto. I don't know how it's pronounced. I just say Risotto, but Phil Risotto. He did the play-by-play. Now, he was a good, old-fashioned Italian Catholic. So when he was asked, he said, Oh, I didn't know my play-by-play that I recorded was going to go and be related to sex. He goes, If I had known, I would have never done it. But many, many years later, Meatloaf said, No, he knew exactly what we were doing because we told him. He And he thought it was funny. He just had to, you know, walk on that thin ice and didn't want to get, you know, frowned upon and pointed a finger so he played like he didn't know but he knew so there's a little bit of trivia there but paradise by the dashboard light now that song i've always liked i've just always liked great song Uh, it's very long i like the phil rizzuto stuff in there it's just it's relatable you know not so much as the girl saying you're gonna love me forever but it's relatable to sitting somewhere being nervous you know you know, having a girl in the car, not knowing what to do. You, you know, back in the days, you know, back in the 80s, some of us had drive-ins. So, you know, the, all, the, all the lights are on because you're listening to the radio or you had the speaker box in the window, but, you know, the, even earth, depending on the drive-in you went to. But a lot of a lot of us, male and female, have a, have a lot of experience with, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Um, so th- this song... I like it because I can relate to it. <clears throat> Some of the stuff in that song, you know, I have been in, I've been in a car with a girl, um, you know, and I'm so it's relatable. So this this is a very good song. Um, I've always liked it. I always will. 
Um, I, I, you know, I can sing it in the shower. I can sing it in the car. Get on the highway, roll their windows down, and you know, just sing it. It's just, it's a great song. And the whole monologue, he's like, I couldn't take it anymore. I was raged. You know, yes, I love you to the end of time. You know, now I'm praying for the end of time to hurry up and arrive. It's like, oh my God, this, this, it cracks you up. It just, well, it cracks me up. I think it's funny. It's like, you sucker, you fell for it, didn't you? You were desperate. So, yeah, th- this is a very good song. Um, I wish it had, you know, had a little bit. It's, a lot of radio stations don't play it as much. I think, I, I'm not correct. I didn't look. I should have looked. But I think there was a, a shorter version of the song. But, yeah, I like this song. Like that, like the, you took the words right out of your mouth. I forgot. I didn't, I'm not a big fan of the opening of that song. You know, you know the 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 whole yes, would you look yes? I that part I don't like, but this song is really good. So if you've never heard this song before and this is the first time you've heard it, just kick back and you know be like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that back in high school. So yeah, this is a very relatable song. I I really I can't see a lot of people walking the earth right now who didn't have a scenario in their youth of sitting in the car. Maybe you didn't do anything. Maybe you never had sex in the car. Maybe you never around first base, second sliding into home. Maybe you didn't, you never did that, but you do have the experience of at least that awkward moment of sitting in the car. Do I put my arm around her? So maybe everything that takes place in the song you can't relate to, but I think we all can relate to being in a car with a girl, it, you know, and alone. I think we all can. So, but yeah, that was Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Now, for the last album, the last album, listen at me, I'm crazy. The last track of the album, track seven, this one is called For Crying Out Loud. So, check it out. And uh, this is the last, this is, I do, yeah, this is the last song. So, For Crying Out Loud, check it out. I'm in the 
Well, that was the final track of the album uh, for crying out loud now for me this is another one this song and two out of three are bad two out of three ain't bad those are the two songs on this album that i could do without doesn't necessarily make them bad songs they're just not for me um the best i had come up with reading the lyrics and finding information from other people on the internet who said what they thought i'm gonna go with the one that most people have thought of, and that this is just him declaring that you know there was a woman there and she's always been there for him, and he's declaring his love for her. So uh, there's a lot of these songs on here that kind of meld together. I think you know, like "Bad Out of Hell," you've got the ultimate motorcycle crash, the guy dying on the side of the road trying to take the girl he loves. You know, you got uh, "Heaven Can Wait." Which I said, in my opinion, is the guy in the accident waiting because he doesn't want to leave his girl. And then you've got All Revved Up, which is about a horny guy. And then you got, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, where, you know, he's going to, oh yeah, I'll be with you, I'll be with you, let's just do it. You know, and then for crying out loud, just seems like it's the end. Like he's, all these things that have gone on in this, you know, his him saying, I love you, you know, for crying out loud, I love you. So they all kind of, so I can see where there's a story here. It's just a really uh, erratic story. You know, you start off with a death and, you know, I just, I think if you took out some of these songs, like, you know, you took the words or two out of three, it, it would tell a story and then rearrange the songs. You know, Bad Out of Hell should be the last song because, you know, he's dead. That should be the last song. But it, I mean, I can see where it's telling a story. It's just very erratic. So I can see where, you know, Clive Davis, the genius producer that he is, yeah, um, I can see why he was like, you know, you're supposed to tell a story, A, B, C, and then C, B, A, or whatever his stupid thing was, not A, B, C, F, G, and whatever his old man grumpy butt was talking about. I can see where there's a story here, it's just very erratic. 
I mean, I'm sure if this was a novel written this way, people would be like, what the hell is going on here? But it's a good album. I think it does tell a story. Um, I have to look into the other ones, and I'll probably do the Bad Out of Hell 2 and 3. Who knows? Who knows what I'll do? But uh, y'all may not even want me back after this. I don't know. But I do see where there's a story here. Just like I said, very erratic. But uh, my favorite song is Bad Out of Hell and Paradise by a Dashboard Light and Heaven Can Wait. Uh, I do like the rest of them and then you know the two that I don't. So, But it's a solid album. Through and through it's a solid album. I think it deserves every accolade it's earned. And it's a shame he's gone. But it's a great album. And if this is... If every band's first album was like this, you know, not every album, not everybody's first album is a hit. Not everybody's first album is loved. I mean, not everybody's first album stays the way it's supposed to. You know, I'm looking at you, Ministry. You know, work for love. Work for love. That's not the sound that you have now. So there, there's an example. Not everybody's first album is what they wanted. But this album is solid. I love it. I think, you know, in, in, historically, this is why I put song albums like this on this show. Because this album should never die. People should listen to this song till the time the earth stops spinning. This song, this album should be listened to by people. And that's why I do that's why I put it on a show like this. So people can hear it, check it out, be like, "Oh, I've never heard this song, but that's pretty cool. I like it." Or to encourage other people, <coughs> excuse me, or encourage other people who listen to the show and they're like, oh yeah, that album rocks, then share it with people. Share this album with people who don't know it. Now don't go share it with your buddy who listens to a friend of yours who listens to nothing but Bo Cephas because he's going to be like, I ain't going to listen to that crap. What's wrong with you? So yeah, you don't want to show it Everybody, but if you've got a friend who likes rock, heavy metal, and he's never heard Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, play it for him. Because the more people that you share this, the more it sticks around. There's probably a lot of people out there, if I said, you know, how do you like, do you like that Revolver album or that Rubber Soul? They're going to be like, what are you talking about? What What's that? Because people are forgetting the past. They're forgetting the older songs. I'm not going to be a total stick-in-the-mud old man and say all the music nowadays is just terrible and sucks and like Gene Simmons, rock and roll is dead. I don't think rock and roll is dead. It's just not as strong as it used to be. Doesn't mean it's dead. It's just not as strong as it used to be. But if we let it die, it will die. So share this album. If you've never heard it, give it a try. If you have heard it, share it with somebody who hasn't because we can't let our music history go away. We just can't. There's so many great songs. I mean, there's songs even from the old days that I could sing to and listen to. I may not be able to remember them off the top of my head, but if I'm listening and I hear an old blues song from the 40s, I'll be like, oh, I remember that song. So it's like you got to, you got to, you know, listen to music, share music. Even if you don't think it's something that a friend of yours would like, share it with them anyway. He might like it. Now, I'm not talking about cross genres. I'm talking about, well, I got a friend who does like a little bit of the, you know, puddle of mud and stuff, but I don't know if this is his thing. Give it a try. Let him try it. It might be his thing. He might like it. You might make his day. So, you know, don't cross, you know, if you have a friend who listens to nothing but rap music, no, he's not going to like it. He might, but the odds are he won't. So, but share your music. I mean, I like everything. 
The only thing I don't listen to is gospel and R&B soul. That's the only thing I really don't listen to. I listen to rap music. You know, I, I've you know I've I've done my show on B Movie TV. I've done a rap album. Or, you know, I already did not rap. I already did a rap album. I like rap. Is it my favorite? Well, no, but I do like it. I do know rap. I mean, I can throw a whoop whoop. You know, I know I may be fifty, but I'm not. You know, I don't live under a rock. And I do like ICP, by the way. So I'm, you know, give me all the booze, boo. So, um, this was "Bad Out of Hell" from Meatloaf. Songs arranged by Jim Steinman. They'll throw that in there. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Because I enjoy talking about it. I know some of it was a little lax. I didn't really say too much about some of the songs. But because some of these songs weren't relatable to me. I mean, this album came out in 77. Some of the stuff that happened, you know, it doesn't relate to me. You know, but I still liked it. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, my second, you know, my next album, maybe I'll, you know, do something. Who knows? Some albums I may have tons of stuff to say. And some albums I may be like, yeah, I don't really got much to say. But it isn't so much about what I have to say. It's about you guys hearing something you like. And like I said, oh man, I haven't heard that song in forever. This is awesome. Or holy crap, I didn't know. I forgot about that song. Uh, when I was doing one, and what really got me, what got my mindset on doing this and doing the radio, the music the music show on B-Movie TV was I sent uh, my show over to Poe for Sci-Fi Sideshow. I sent it over to him to get edited. And I had a song in there called Aaliyah. And he's like, man, I haven't heard that song in forever. And that's what made me think about doing something like this. Because there's a lot of music out there that you just totally forgot about. And you just you don't remember it at all. And then one day somebody puts it in a movie. You hear it in an elevator. Or you hear it in a passing car. And you're like, or at a TV show. And you're like, oh, man, what's that song? And you get out your Google phone or... You get out your, uh, you get out your spot, not Spotify, but uh, I forgot the name of that app where you push, got the big S, and you push the button and it listens to the music. I use Google, so I don't remember what it is, but uh, my wife uses the other one. Um, and you're like, what is that song? And you're like, rewinding the TV show or the movie on Netflix or whatever, so you can listen to it. And you're like, man, I haven't heard that song in forever. That's why I do this. That's why I do this because. I love music, and I know a lot of people love music too, and it's just, this is why I do this. So, with that being said, I apologize for anything I do that gets on your nerves and annoys you, but I'm just an old man who annoys people, and I can't help it. Um, like I said earlier about the sound, I'll try and get that taken care of. It isn't going to be anytime soon. You know, Inflation's killing me, so I, I won't be able to do anything soon, but hopefully recording in the evenings, it'll be a little quieter. So, no air conditioner kicking on, because, you know, I'm recording right now, like, you know, midnight, so it's a little quieter. Um, but, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, come back to the next episode. Um, I don't have any idea right now what I'm going to do, so you'll just have to be surprised, because right now I'm surprised. But, uh, it's, you know, it's going to go, probably going to be another 70s, maybe 80s. I won't get into the 90s for a while. I'm not going to do anything in order. Just, you know, random music. Random stuff. I'm thinking Pink Floyd. I'm thinking Pink Floyd. But I haven't I haven't fully, you know, fully uh, made up my mind yet. Um, there's a lot of Pink Floyd albums I like. So, you know, I don't know. So, anyway, with that being said, I'm going to quit rambling. And I'm going to let the closing monologue thing I'm a jigger hit. So, uh... 
Thanks for joining me, and uh, I hope you come back next time. Alright guys, that wraps up another episode of Grandpa's Playlist. Until we meet again, remember, music is the one thing that truly can bring us all together. This is Grandpa the Nerd, signing off.
Okay.